If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verse 2 together. I'm starting a new series this month called The Songs of Christmas. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at some traditional Christmas songs that we sing every year and, be, and look at them from a theological point of view. What does the Bible say about it? You know, I'm afraid that many of us sing songs without really thinking of what we're singing. It's been a few years ago, but uh, we were watching Toy Story movies pretty regularly, and uh, it kind of gets ingrained in your mind, and I found myself walking through Walmart, yes, through Walmart in public, singing, You've Got a Friend in Me, pretty loudly for most people to hear. Uh, Why is that? Because I really love that song? That's a pretty good one, but it got so ingrained in my mind that it just kind of came out without even thinking. Some of these Christmas songs are so familiar to us that we sing them over and over and over again and never stop to consider what we're actually singing. As a matter of fact, I I love Christmas music, partly because I love the Christmas season, but, but mostly because there is so much rich biblical truth in the songs that we sing. And so we're going to be taking a look at some of our favorite Christmas songs. We've only got four weeks of this, so your favorite may not be included, and I'm sorry if it's not. But I would encourage you to listen to some of your favorite Christmas hymns and look for the truth of God's Word in them. This morning, we're going to be looking at the song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Now, this is very few people's favorite Christmas hymn, but it is becoming one of my favorites. Not because it has this catchy tune, although it's, it's kind of got a, a nice rhythm to it. I really like this hymn because I don't know that you can find a richer, biblical, theological hymn in all of your hymn book. Not just Christmas, but any time of year. Then come, thou long-expected Jesus. We sung it just a few minutes ago, but let's be reminded of the words. There's only two verses, so I've got those all up on the screen. And and I want you to kind of follow along and listen to the language of this hymn. It says, Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Verse 2 says, Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. When we think of all the anticipation of Christmas, we typically think of the anticipation of presents and gifts and food and the coming together as family. I think of all of our favorite Christmas traditions that we look forward to. I think of all of the the exciting moments we'll have this month. And all of those are bred out of a hope for something that we're looking forward to. The nation of Israel, likewise, was looking forward to something great. Not just presents, not just a, a, a get-together with family, but looking forward to, to salvation from a Messiah. And so this morning, I want to look forward to the long-expected Jesus in the nation of Israel and the long-expected Jesus for us in our hearts. Some of the lyrics that really kind of stand out in Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus are, well, for starters, just the title and that first phrase. Right? There's, a, there's a longing. Come, Jesus. 
that not just come, but, but you have been long expected. We've been waiting for a long time for you to be here and to come in our presence. The nation of Israel has waited years and years and will wait from this prophecy in Micah hundreds of years longer for a long-expected Savior and Messiah. Then there's some fancy words later on in verse 1 that maybe kind of throw us back a little bit. Calls Jesus Israel's strength and consolation and hope of all the world thou art. This word consolation I want us to keep in our minds because it's not a word we typically use in our regular vocabulary. We're not typically walking around uh, the stores asking people uh, questions that involve consolation. We're not typically going, I, I love having my family together. It really is my, my strength and my consolation. You know, I, I really appreciate what you've done for me. It really has become my consolation. We, we don't typically use that language. So it's easy to overlook this word and skip by it as if it means nothing. But it doesn't mean nothing. As a matter of fact, what this hymn is teaching us is the truth from Scripture that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He is the one everyone has been waiting for and looking for. That's why in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, we, we read this about this promised Messiah. You shall come forth from me, one who is to be a ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. This is the, the promise that the nation of Israel is given. There is one coming who will be from ancient of days. This is not a normal king. This is not a, a normal ruler. This is not a normal leader. There is one coming who has been from, this phrase, ancient days. Many commentators believe it means from eternity past. This is not someone who was born at a point in time and began his existence at that time. This is one who has existed for forever. The nation of Israel was looking for a Savior, and this morning I would ask you, are you looking for something? Something more in your life than the life that you have right now? Are you looking for strength and hope from God? Are, are you wondering, God, are you able to do these things that you've promised of me? God, are you able to fulfill your commitment in your word? What we see in the New Testament, there is a, a reminder that Jesus is the one who has been promised. And we see a, a very little known or a little spoke about figure in Luke chapter 2. It was a regular practice that after a baby was born in these days, that after a period of time, usually about 40 days, of a, a woman purifying herself after the birth of a child, she would come to the temple and make a, a burnt offering and a sin offering on behalf of the child. So in Luke chapter 2, just as was a custom, Joseph and Mary bring Jesus to the temple and were introduced to a man, a man who has been waiting for the promised Messiah. As a matter of fact, we, we read about him in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. There's that word again, the consolation of Israel. What this word means is, is the promised prize 
what is given to Israel and promised to Israel, this man Simeon had been waiting for all of his life. And he had been told by God that he would not die until he saw this promised Messiah. How do we know that Jesus fulfills Micah chapter 5? How do we know that Jesus fulfills Isaiah 53? How do we know that Jesus fulfills all the prophecies of the Old Testament? We see it in this man Simeon who was promised he would see the Messiah. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 30, Simeon says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. When Simeon sees the newborn baby Jesus, he pinpoints this is the promised Messiah. Are we expecting Jesus this morning? Are we hoping and longing for the consolation of God? That He would give us salvation and hope? Are we expecting a long-awaited Savior? This morning we can have confidence that Jesus is that promised Messiah. The one who is given to bring salvation. We see another phrase in here that, that again, I think we sing and we know even the truth behind, but we forget how powerful it is. In the song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, we read, He was born a child and yet a king. Joe did a a great job this morning sharing with us from the book of Luke, kind of the the narrative of the birth of a a baby, right? Here we have a child born, an insignificant boy. No one of consequence to the history of the world. No one of consequence to the Roman Empire. No one of consequence at that time even to the nation of Israel, simply born a child. But of course, we know looking back that this was no ordinary child. Jesus actually is the humble king. Born in humility, born with nothing, born as a normal child would be born, yet crowned all the way from the Old Testament until today, the king of Israel and the king of of the world. That's why we read in Micah chapter 5, verse 2 again, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Listen to that. He is too little. This, this town where Jesus is born is insignificant and worthless and in humility. There is nothing about Bethlehem and this particular province of Bethlehem that means anything of importance. You are too little to be among the clans of Judah. You are but a portion of a clan. But then Micah says, You, you shall become forth for me, one who is a ruler in Israel, one who is a king in Israel, one who is greater than all of Israel. God has taken the form of a humble, innocent child. Something that no one else takes notice of and crowns him as king. I think it's really important that this Christmas season we realize that that the king of all kings did not come as a dominant force when he was born. That the king of all kings did not come as someone taking over a political government. But he has come instead in the form of humility as a child. But why is this important for us to remember? Well, it's important first for us to remember because we have a tendency to try to make Jesus out to be a political king when at this point in time, he is not. But we have a desire to see the kingdom of God spread through the face of the earth, and we should. But for us to 
to try to make Christ or Jesus out to be someone who imposes his will on the world. That has not yet happened. Jesus did not come to overthrow governments. Jesus did not come to force everyone into worship. Jesus came as a baby, as a humble servant, as a human being. His kingdom at this point in time is not one that is physically dominant here on earth. Instead, his kingdom is one who is is built elsewhere. His kingdom is one that, that does not put roots on planet earth, but instead in eternal heaven. His kingdom is one that is not coming and going with the governments of the world. His kingdom is one that lasts forever. And Jesus comes not to overthrow people, but to save them. Jesus came as a a humble, soft-spoken, innocent child. Not to rule the heads of men, but to rule the hearts of men. This morning, I wonder if the Jesus we're expecting is one that is going to fix all of our problems and overcome all of our difficulties. I wonder if we're expecting Jesus to come in and swoop by and erase all of our sufferings. Can we remind ourselves that His kingdom is not one that heals all of our physical ailments at this time? Instead, His kingdom is one that heals your biggest hurt, your strongest need. His kingdom is one that that desires a kingship of your heart and your life. The humble king brings us into a right relationship with God. It does not restore us to perfection at this point in time. He is but a humble king wanting to heal your heart. And then finally, we read in the song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, this idea that he is born to set people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in Thee. I love in verse 2 this one line, this one phrase, that He has born Thy people to deliver. Jesus, the one we have waited for. Jesus, the humble King. What we find is that He has become the hope for sinful people. The hope of all sinners. His kingdom is one that does not rule over us physically. Instead, it rules over us emotionally, spiritually, physically, and every aspect of our lives. Isaiah chapter 53 gives us this prophecy. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was uh, the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. When Jesus comes and finally is fulfilling this long expected promise of a Messiah. He is coming to erase our sins. To take away our guilt. I I don't know about you, but... But I don't think that I feel as if my sins are completely gone out of my life. You know, as a matter of fact, I know for a fact that my sins constantly are brought to the forefront of my mind. Over and over and over again, I feel like I fail. You can ask my family how many times I have to beg their forgiveness because of stupid things that I say, because of attitudes that I have. My own thoughts consume me and my own sin weighs on me and I, I feel like I'm not alone. And yet Jesus did not come so that we would feel guilt. Instead, 
Jesus came to take all of our sin and iniquity and bear it on the cross. Oh yes, in my times of of greatest weakness, times that I feel like a failure, I can remember that my iniquity does not rest on my shoulders any longer. That my sin is not a burden that I am called to still bear. No, that Jesus has become the hope of all sinners. Not only is Jesus our current hope, but what I love about not only this song, but about the the teaching of the long-awaited Messiah is that we too are not just looking back at the Messiah, we are looking forward to His return again. When we sing, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus, we don't have to ask that He be born as a baby. When we sing that song, we ask that He would return in the power and the strength that is promised in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 say, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And why are we encouraging? And all the more as you see the day drawing near. There is a day that is coming that we are expecting that Jesus not only comes and and erases our sin from us spiritually but restores us physically to a perfect created child of God so we ask the question are we expecting Jesus in our lives are we looking forward to the day that he would restore us are we clinging to the promise that he will return that he will save and that he continues to work in our hearts and our lives come Jesus Come, thou long-expected Messiah. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that we have the promises all throughout the Old Testament, or all throughout Scripture, that there is a king who is coming, not to rule over us and to force us into submission, but one who lays down his life so that we can have a right relationship with the Father. Lord, we expect and anticipate that day of salvation and Lord, for those who have not experienced it, we ask this morning that they, would, that they would turn their hearts to you. Father, we do ask also that you would prepare our hearts, not just for your, your coming at Christmas time, but for your return and the day that you are going to restore us into a perfect relationship with you. Lord, remind us that, that you have forgiven our sins. Remind us that you are our consolation, our prize. Remind us that you are our hope and all that we long for. And Lord, let us submit to you this morning. Lord, we ask that you come, thou long-expected Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As we get ready to sing a song of invitation, I would invite you to stand to your feet. And as you do, maybe there is something you're longing for and hoping for. Maybe you're asking God to reveal himself to you in salvation. Can I remind you this morning that his desire is to take your iniquity and hold it on the cross. Would you sing with us this morning and respond as God leads you?
song of invitation is over doesn't mean that the, the invitation is over. If this morning uh, the Lord has pressed a question on your heart, Father, we know that we are imperfect and sinful individuals. Father, we confess to you that even though Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we fail you often and we confess our sins to you now. Lord, we confess that many of us in here don't know what it is to to have salvation in our hearts and we ask that you would show us through your Spirit. Lord, as we take this Lord's Supper, let us be reminded of the salvation that you give us. Let us be reminded of the cross of Christ that culminates this Christmas season. Father, as we take the Lord's Supper, let us look back to the salvation we have and let us look forward to your return and your coming again. Forgive us where we fail you and let us always be focused on the salvation we have in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.